Do you ever get the feeling sometimes like you are being watched or followed or tracked? Like everything you do or say is being monitored? Come on now, this is 2020 we're talking about. Between cell phones and the internet, we are all being tracked, and it's pretty scary if you really stop and think about it. It begs the question, is there such thing as true privacy anymore? But okay, cell phones and internet aside, how would life be like if every time you stepped out of the door, you were being monitored and followed? If every word you spoke, note you wrote, or conversation you had in person or on the telephone was being heard by unseen ears. If you had to constantly watch your back to avoid being overheard or seen or tracked. Welcome to Normal Life for a Cold War CIA spy. We're talking James Bond level stuff here, except none of this is fiction. You're tuned in to the Immortal Souls Podcast. The Cold War, a post-World War II time spanning from around 1947 to 1991, when the world's largest superpowers, America and the Soviet Union, pitted against each other, trying to gain military and political advantage over each other through any means possible. Have you ever heard about the Warsaw Pact, the Korean War, the Cuban Missile Crisis? Or what about nuclear missile testing or the space race? Yep. All major Cold War stuff that happened. During this time, both sides participated in espionage, or the secret gathering of information. Mainly political, technological, and military information through covert means and through the use of extensive spy networks. This is stuff straight out of a James Bond movie, but so, so much more interesting because it actually happened. When you think of a Cold War secret agent, what do you think of? The CIA versus the KGB? Spy versus spy? Secret espionage rings infiltrating the top levels of government? What about secret codes? Midnight meetups? Political targets? Wiretapped phones? Top secret documents? Double agents? Yeah, all real. It all happened. And with some gadgets that would make Q from the Bond series proud. A few of my favorite gadgets known to be used by spies in the Cold War? Well, for starters, there were all sorts of cool hidden cameras. Cameras embedded in neckties and in wallets and felt pen video cameras. Or special devices known as photo overdrives hidden in car doors that could take infrared pictures at night. And my personal favorite surveillance tool, the Insectothopter, a camera developed by the CIA disguised as a dragonfly that could fly around and take video surveillance. And we haven't even gotten to the spy weapons. A couple of the cooler ones includes the lipstick gun, affectionately known as the kiss of death. So this was a four and a half millimeter gun disguised as a lipstick tube that when twisted would fire a bullet. Or let's talk about the Bulgarian umbrella. This was a cool gadget that had the ability to shoot poison darts from the end of the umbrella. Gadgets were just a small part of the whole spy gig, though. Ever paranoid of being watched at any given time, and perhaps rightly so, spies were always on their guard. They had to get creative with how to pass intelligence and information amongst each other 
without being compromised or without their information getting into the wrong hands or overheard by the wrong ears. Which leads us to secret codes. Perhaps just as stereotypical as spies themselves is their use of secret codes. Cold War spies were well-versed in many forms of cryptology or the study of creating and solving codes. Secret codes were crucial to help pass on and protect sensitive information. Spies might use anything from a simple Caesar shift code, which was named after Julius Caesar, pizza, pizza. who used this code to send military messages. The Caesar shift code involves substituting each letter in the alphabet by shifting it left or right a certain number of letters. More sophisticated codes or ciphers were used involving advanced algorithms and keys to unlock the codes. Spies needed to get creative with their codes, and they might resort to using sign language, Morse code, Navajo or other obscure languages, picture codes, or even math-based codes. They would pass information discreetly by maybe marking a signpost or building corner with chalk, which would alert another spy of the location of where to find the information. For notes that needed to be passed quickly and securely, as far back as World War II, the CIA used pyrofilm combustible notebooks, which were special notebooks containing paper made of a special film that would literally ignite on fire after being combined with certain types of pencils. After a note was written, the page would burn and disappear within seconds. Using this same concept, notebooks were later created that were made of water-soluble paper that would quickly dissolve if in contact with water. The best codes were one that could be executed in plain sight, where with just a glance, someone in the know could pick up on the code and even know in the first place that there is a code, while everyone else is none the wiser. The perfect example of this? The CIA shoelace code. In 1953, the CIA paid famed magician John Mulholland $3,000 to compile his years of experience with trickery and deception and concealment tactics into a handbook to be used by intelligence agents. The idea was that agents could apply these principles of stage magic to their spy work. This handbook became known as the Official CIA Manual of Trickery and Deception, and it was used as a top-secret training manual for CIA field agents in the early Cold War-era 1950s. The CIA later attempted to destroy every known copy of the manual in the 1970s, but somehow a few copies survived. It is now declassified and widely available to the public. I will leave a link to the PDF of the manual in today's show notes if you are interested in checking it out. This fascinating, now legendary, and historical document offered step-by-step -step instructions to covert intelligence operatives in all manner of trickery and sleight-of-hand methods designed to thwart the communist enemy. Of particular interest to us shoe guys is a chapter on sending secret messages through shoelace patterns. The manual explained, along with demonstrating with a few pencil-drawn sketches, of how shoelaces could be tied in different ways to convey different messages. Quoting directly from the manual itself, quote, In such instances where A and B can get within 15 feet or so of one another, shoelaces make an excellent signaling device. There are several ways in which laces can be used, and no one of them ever will be noticed provided the laces are treated identically on both sides. The manual goes on to explain that, quote, 
Because shoelaces are inserted in three standard ways, any deviation in these ways becomes useful for signaling. None of the alternative ways will attract attention, yet each is very obvious to one looking for such a signal. Using one of these shoelacing patterns is an excellent way to identify a person. Because there are several such patterns, added information could be given by the choice of pattern used. I have information for you. I'll follow your instruction. I have brought another person. What need be said is not for this writer to suggest, merely the means to say it. Closed quote. So the key with the shoelace code, as is the case with many of the other signal-sending tactics in the manual, and even with tactics used generally by agents today, is discretion. How can you pass on a message in as discreet a manner as possible without arousing suspicion? How can you signal someone else in a way that is completely overlooked by any average person that is nearby? There isn't much known about how widely secret shoelace codes were actually used out in the field, but the fact this method was included in the standard CIA manual handed out to all operatives in the 1950s suggests that it probably was used to some extent and in different ways by CIA agents. And at the very least, this tactic definitely gets points for creativity and seems to be a very discreet way to pass on info. So yeah, that's the CIA shoelace code. Pretty cool to think of all of the ingenious ways spies pass secret messages and codes amongst each other, often in plain sight. And even using shoes, or more specifically, shoelaces. So the next time you see someone walking down the street incognito, with the collar of their trench coat popped up, and especially if they have on their glasses, large nose, and mustache disguise, you can bet they are probably a spy. Take a look down at their shoes. How are they laced up? Chances are, the laces are hiding a secret message, and no one is the wiser. As internationally best-selling crime detective author John Connolly once wrote, Unless you know the code, it has no meaning. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For show notes, more information, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at our website, immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Facebook. Five-star reviews are hugely appreciated and super helpful. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled. we get to Seattle to tell the world of the plot to destroy Springfield. I don't know if you guys should be talking so loud. No, Lisa, it's not like the government is listening to everybody's conversation.